uh, am going to preach a two-part series this Sunday and next Sunday on the power of praise. Can we all say the power of praise? Power of praise. And as always, I want to begin with a story. Stories help us to think. How many of you, like me, have children that think they know more than you do? Yeah. Oh, this is not unique to me. This is not unique to me. I was hoping it was going to start later on in life. Um, but Archer, and, and it's, it's quite funny. I mean, it really is because, I mean, as a parent, how much you do for your kid, they will never know. And I feel like I want to write it down to remind him one day of just all the things that I do do. But as Archer's getting older, I mean, one of the biggest things we're trying to encourage him to do is to obviously take responsibility for himself and to grow into doing more, right? I mean, that's, that's the goal, hopefully, of, of most, most people. But how many of you know that kids get really used to what you do for them? Have you, have you found this, or is this just me? So, uh, yeah, that's right. They still, they still do, probably, right? But I... So one of the things that I do, just, I mean, I could give a lot of stories, but every, I go pick up Archer from school, and I drop him home, and he got really used to me carrying his backpack, and I, I carry his backpack, and I intake his water bottle, and I unpack his lunch, and, and then Angie produces this beautiful snack platter for him afterwards, and, and Archer got really used to this pattern of being served so well after a long day of school, but the thing is, he's been in school for a little while now. And so we're trying to encourage him to take more responsibility. But you should see his face when I'm saying, Archer, you forgot your backpack in there. He looks at me, he said, Dad, you forgot my backpack in there. Like it's a very, he's, he's not, there's no confusion. He has clarity around this issue. And it, it's, it's quite amusing, but we have to try and explain, no, Archer, you need to go get your backpack. But I just, I can't imitate him 100%, but if you could just see the attitude on the kid as he's going to get his own backpack. This is his backpack. This is not my backpack. We've got him a cool Ninja Turtles backpack. He's bringing his Beyblades to school. He's got, he's got his thing going on. He gets upset that he has to go, and, and this is, he does, but he's growing in it. Everybody say he's growing in it. <laughs> he gets upset, and you know what? He thinks that he is doing me a favor. He really does. He's like, well, there's one for dad. He, 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 I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. He really feels like, well, dad, that's one solid. I get an extra juice tonight or something. I don't know. Like, but this morning as we're talking about the power of praise, I think too many of us think that praise is for God and that we're doing him a favor. Can I encourage you this morning that your praise to him has far less to do with him and has far more to do with you. There is power in praise. God has given us praise. And this morning, the main focus is going to be on this idea that God has given us praise as a way to break through. God has given us praise as a way to break through. And I think many of us praise as if, like, God's twisted at arm, and we're going to give him, like, half a hand raise, and, like, here you go, God. We're going to give him, like, we'll give him the best chorus of the morning, right? Like, wait, did the team really hit it yet? Oh, here we go. This is, great are you, Lord. But you know that the praise is far less to do with God needing praise. This morning, Dini, as she was praying for the morning, she said something so prophetic for this morning. It was that 
God does not need us and our praise. It is we that need God, and it is we that need to praise this God. There is power in praise. This morning, the story that I want to look at is the story of Joshua. And it's such a powerful story on the power of praise. But I love, I did, I, as I started reading this story, and as I felt God impressing this story upon my heart to share, I didn't even get past verse 1 before I had to just pause and rest in what I believe is, is, is something, it, it hit me hard. And so this is the very first verse of the passage. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. My heart was so moved when I just read the first chapter, the first verse rather. How many of you all know that we have our Jerichos? Everybody has your Jericho. Every, everyone has the place in their life where something is stopped, where, where there's nothing coming in and there's nothing coming out. You've come to a stalemate. The dam is blocked up. There's something that is, that there, there is something that needs breakthrough. There's walls that need to be broken down. We all have our Jerichos. And I don't know what your situation is. And I think... One of the things that we always say when we come to sermons, I think like this, or when we look at the power of prayer, or the power of praise, and they're all in essence doing the same thing. We're going to the one who created us to, to get perspective on how we can move forward and to see him supernaturally break through things. But I think always, not always, but for many of us, I know for me, I always feel that God doesn't understand the complexity of my situation. My Jericho is too complex to get through. Or my... You don't understand how, how poorly I've been treated. You don't understand this. But we all have our Jerichos. And praise is the thing that God has given us to bring walls down. Praise is the thing that he has to break the stalemate in your life. Praise to break through the dam he's given you. Praise breaks down these walls, these barriers, these obstacles, these things that are stuck. Praise can make things that are shut up inside where nothing's coming and nothing's going out. Praise is the arrowhead of breakthrough. There's power in praise. I, um, I have a lot of praise breakthrough stories personally, but one of the ones that stands out to me that was really significant in my life was when my grandpa died. And um, I, it was funny because I just, I just gave Angie the story briefly, and she was like, oh, well, that doesn't really mean anything. So she said, you need to share a little bit more to explain why it was significant for me. And so my grandpa, um, he was my dad's dad. He's in the States. I moved back to the States when I was about 17, right after I finished high school here. And I went to live with my dad. My dad is, is um, he's my dad. And, but my grandpa was probably the, the one safe person for me in America. He was, he was the, the family member that was just kind of, he was just so safe, and I spent a lot of time with him. Angie and me will often go eat at his favorite restaurant, and we'll order the food that he ordered just as a way of remembering him. And I would go and visit him, and he moved around to a couple of rest homes, and he had Parkinson's disease. And, and I just kind of got to go through the journey of going through that with him. And I remember we were with him right up until the point where he passed away, and he was in hospice at that point, and we had to, we had to go home because it was late, and we went to sleep, and we got a call a couple hours later. And I just remembered back to my grandpa had a red Jeep, 
and it was a Jeep with no doors on it. And, you know, we would go and we'd do his paper run in this, this like red army Jeep. And I just, you felt cool. If you drive in a car with no doors, there's, some, there's something that happens to you, you know. You feel good. But my grandpa was the most gentle man ever. And I remember my mom's favorite story is, is when I was born, I was the first grandchild. And, um, and, and my grandpa was holding me for the first time. And I was screaming, blue murder. And, um, and, and it's funny because there's actually a picture of him, and, and he could care less. He, he, he's just, he's got the biggest smile on his face, and he's, he was honestly the most gentle, gentle man that, that I have ever met since. And I remember when he, right before he passed away, um, before he kind of like lost consciousness, I got the last squeeze from his hand. You know, it was just, just a precious moment. And, and I remember when he passed away, it wasn't, it wasn't that he just passed away. It was, it was the beginning of when God started to deal with not just the loss of him, but so much other loss in my life. Up to that point, I'd kind of managed as you do. You just kind of stuff it down to a place where you don't have to deal with it. But when my grandpa passed away, it was the beginning, and I was really starting to press into God at this point, and it was the beginning of when God was starting to do a deep work in me. And, and when God starts to do a deep work in you, you know, he doesn't leave you alone. He starts to touch the things that hurt, and he starts to, starts to go to that place. And I remember when he died, there was a moment when we woke up, and it was actually a Saturday night, and we came into church. It was the next morning on a Sunday. And, and I can't describe the feeling to you, but breakthrough hadn't come yet. He had passed away in the night, and I was now left with my poor dad, and my poor dad was left with me. And it was just the beginning of God beginning to tap the loss, and I just started to feel the sense of loss. And then as you do when you come into church, well, hopefully sometimes, God began to minister to me. And it was in the song, Blessed Be Your Name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You give, and, and this is the part, when we got to the bridge, you give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I remember as, as tears are falling down, I just started declaring this song, declaring this truth. And can I tell you that there was breakthrough in that moment over my life. Not just breakthrough and healing from the loss of my grandfather, but there was the beginning of saying, Jesse, sometimes things don't go the way that you want and you lose things, but I'm still good in the midst of it. I'm, you can still find wholeness in the midst of your loss. And it was something so real to me because my grandpa wasn't coming back. It was, there was loss there. And I could tell some of the things that had happened in my life, there was loss there and I wasn't going to gain them back, but there was something so much more beautiful in its place. It was the fullness of who Jesus is. There is power in praise. Before we go there, I just want to open our hearts to the power that can be found in praise. Let's step back for a moment. Before we praise, it needs to begin with the promise. You can't go praise your way into a Lamborghini. I mean, like, if you could, man, you guys would be jumping up and down. Like, praise is not a tool to get what we want. Praise begins with a promise. And the Lord said to Joshua in chapter two, verse 2, rather, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. Do you know that the promise of God needs to turn into praise in the lips of his people? The promise of God needs to turn into praise in the lips of his people. 
I think many of us have gone the other direction of trying to praise our way into a Lamborghini, praise our way out of our problems. But we've gone the other direction, and we need to be obedient to praise him for the promise before you see evidence of the promise. God gives Joshua some very specific instructions, and I'm just going to read them out. And Joshua passes these instructions on to the people. In verse 8, he says, And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the Ark while the trumpets blew continually. Do we see that the armed men were walking before the ark of the Lord? The armed men were walking before the release of the presence of God. I think it's, and I know we've talked about this principle enough, but it's, it's, I'll keep talking about it because I probably need to get it in my life just as much as anyone. There is a principle that God wants to partner with his people. How many of you know that we, we all know deep down that there's only things that God can do in his supernatural strength? But too many of us feel that we do not have a role to play in the release of God's supernatural presence, in the release of heaven on earth. He uses us, he's created us in his image to be carriers of the presence of God to see that released. Praise is one of the ways that he wants to see us release heaven in this place. Praise is the point where we go first and we praise him because nothing will happen if he is not put first. It will stay shut up. It will stay with nothing coming and nothing going because praise is designed to bring breakthrough. I was reading a book that we're going to take the staff through, but I just wanted to read you a very small portion of this book because I think it will... Hopefully it helps. It helped me. So why is praise first so important? Excuse the long language, but I'm going to try and I'll try and explain it. In psychologist Daniel Kahneman's research, he found and says this. Man, that's us, has two systems of thought. System one is our animal or primal mind. It is fast, it is instinctive and emotional. System two is slow deliberative, and logical. But hear this. System one is far more influential. In fact, it guides and steers our rational thoughts. System one's inquit or rudimentary beliefs, feelings, and impressions are the main sources of the beliefs and deliberate choices of system two. They're the spring that feeds the river. We react emotionally, or system one, to a suggestion or a question or a situation. Then that system one reaction informs and in effect creates the system two answer. What are we saying there? What was that? Our base emotions are the thing that actually guide what we do and why we do. Uh, many of us think that if we hear something, we can understand it intellectually, that we now understand how to tackle something. You can understand something up here, but what, what the psychologist research shows is you can believe something up here and act a completely different way if you don't actually feel that. Because it's your feelings, it's the way, it's your gut reaction that actually informs your logic system on how to act and how to behave. 
So what does that say to us? Where we start determines where we end. Psalm 59, 16 says this, But as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. But as for me, the first thing in the morning, the first thing I will do is to sing about your power, your unfailing love. Bill Johnson says this, There is power in praise because praise is focused on God's nature. Praise is focused on God's nature, on who he is. And I've done it before in previous sermons, but I just want to just pause. Let's just look at some of the names of God again. We've got Abba. He's our father. He's our dad. Jesus or Yeshua, God rescues. He's our savior. El Shaddai, he is the Lord God Almighty. He is powerful. He is mighty in battle. Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd, he cares for us. He lovingly guides us. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He is present. He is with us. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. We are made righteous in him. Elolam, the everlasting God. He is around forever. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider. He is the source of provision. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Peace that surpasses understanding. So worship Worship is about who God is, right? But I love this. And we, we, we maybe quote this verse, but this part stood out to me this time. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. When we declare praise to him, when we declare who he is, he's then declaring who we are as our identity is found in him. We need to praise first so that our identity comes in line with God's. What many of us may think is lip service to God is actually far more necessary for you than for him. Praise is not optional. Otherwise, you will be stuck, shut up with nothing coming and nothing going out. Praise is declaring who God is so that he, in that same moment, can declare back to who you are. That you are a chosen people. That you are a royal priesthood. It is when we are able to rest in our God-given identity that we are then positioned for breakthrough. Bill Johnson also says this, we become like what we worship. We become transformed when we minister to him. This is a powerful principle for those that struggle with praise. Transformation will not happen to the degree that it should or it could if you're not praising him. Praise must come first because praise puts God first. Can you imagine if you would have just seen an ark like floating, the ark of the covenant floating around the battle, the battle of Jericho just by itself? Can you imagine the ark just like, and then noise comes out of nowhere? That's not what happened, right? Someone needs to be carrying the ark. Someone needs to be an armed man in front of the ark to bring the presence of God in that place. Someone needs to be a carrier of the very spirit of God into your workplace, into your family, into, into this church. Someone needs to be carrying the spirit of God to be released. Amen? Do you know God does not make a sound out of nowhere? And we're going to talk about the rocks that will cry out if we don't soon. There's power in praise. 
there is power in praise. Praise is what happens when God sends us to declare who God is in a place, in a situation. We go forth as armed men before the ark as we praise first God. Psalm 22.3 says this, You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Another version says God inhabits the praises of his people. When you praise him, he gets back on that throne in your life. He never got off, but we stood away from the throne. We're putting him back in the throne in our lives. We're putting him back in the place of authority in our lives. When you can't praise him, he can't be enthroned in your life. How many of you want him to be enthroned? It's too hard when I've tried to do it, I promise. When we praise him, we're declaring his authority. His way be done. When we praise him, he is enthroned, he is king, he inhabits, he is present. Point number two, breakthrough praise is uncontainable. Breakthrough praise is uncontainable. How many of you heard this song by Chris Tomlin, Indescribable? He says, indescribable, uncontainable, uncontainable, untamable, meaning he can't be tamed, all-powerful. God is uncontainable. This is an attribute of who he is. But can I... The more powerful your praise will be is when your praise looks more like him. And the more you praise, the more you begin to look like him. And one of the things that happens is who God is, he's uncontainable. So praise that starts touching the heart of God is also uncontainable because it looks like him. Psalm 147, 5 says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. This is a God that cannot be contained. Praise that releases his power, that releases breakthrough, is praise that looks like him. Praise that takes on the same attribute as him. Just looked at what the word uncontainable means. It's especially of an emotion, very strong, not able to be restrained, checked, or controlled. It's not possible to contain uncontainable joy, enthusiasm, and energy. I saw a definition that it was, again, it's Bill Johnson. I need to get some other quotes. Get away from Bill Johnson too much. We're going to manifest presence this week, so I'm just doing my homework. But Bill Johnson says, you can tell when somebody's been in the presence of God because they are so filled with life. We need to be people that are so filled with life and we have uncontainable joy, uncontainable enthusiasm, uncontainable energy to release before the King of Kings. Praise, breakthrough praise is uncontainable. Let's just read, what is this, how does this work itself out in the story of Joshua? In verse 15, on the seventh day, they rose early on the dawn of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. What does breakthrough praise look like? It looks like shouting. What does breakthrough praise look like? It looks like shouting. And you know the word here is, is the Hebrew word ruah. And ruah means this. It means to raise a shout. Give a blast. Shout a war cry. Shout in triumph over enemies. 
so much different than going into church on Sunday morning and checking off, we sang a couple of songs. Do you know when I come in and I praise, when I'm praising, I am shouting a war cry for my kids. When I come in and praise, I'm shouting in victory over the things that I still do not see victory in. That is the point, that is the arrowhead of breakthrough. It is not nothing. It is something. It is an action. It looks like something. A war cry, triumph over enemies. Praise happens with a shout. This is not a thought. This is not well-wishing intentions. This is filled with passion and with strength. God promises them, I love this, that the city will fall down. It will actually, I love, the scripture actually says, if you look at what it means, it will fall down under itself. The power of God is released through praise. If we don't like that story, do we remember what happened with Hannah when she was praying? She, was sorry, she, she, was, she couldn't contain it. And this is for people that don't want to be loud. I'm going to give you an out, okay? You don't have to be loud. But it still looks like something. What did Hannah do? She couldn't contain what was in her heart, her burden to see breakthrough come in her circumstance. She was longing for a child, and she was at the foot of the altar, and she was, she was in desperation. There was no sound coming out of her mouth, but her mouth was moving, and she was crying out in anguish in her spirit. Do you know it still looked like something? It was still uncontainable. It doesn't have to be a shout in the way that they shouted with the walls of Joshua, but it still looks like something. Breakthrough praise looks like something. It is uncontainable. You can be like David. I love me some Ruby. She should come out and do us a, a thing. David danced before the Lord with all his might. That doesn't mean that he went and he said, yep, I attended church. No, he went and he danced with all of his might. He's a pretty strong dude. He was a warrior that killed Goliath. But how many of you know he didn't just use his strength to slay the giants? He used his strength in praise. Next week we're going to talk about when David plays and the demons flee. We're going to look into that. What happens? Praise looks like something. It cannot be contained. But my favorite story, because it's my, my daughter's name, it's what her name means, is in Luke 19, verse 37. As Jesus was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. That, that theme of loud is coming, I'm just saying. For all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They're getting crazy. Make them be quiet. We want it, we want it not like that. We want it contained. This is inappropriate. This is not working. What does he say? He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very rocks, the very stones would cry out. Breakthrough praise is uncontainable. Notice, what does he do? He sends his people as carriers of the presence of God to go first and to praise into a situation. Why were the rocks going to cry out in this circumstance? Because Jesus was on his way. He hadn't done it yet, but he was a week away from what? Redeeming humanity on the cross. It was so important that praise was released. Breakthrough praise was released in that point that even the rocks would have cried out if no one else would have done it. What is that to say? This is not relying on you or me for breakthrough to come. But how many of you know we want to be partners of what God is doing in this place? We want to see praise. We want to see breakthrough release. We want to see the stalemate gone. We want to see the dams burst. We want to see the walls come down. But 
That doesn't happen by itself. That happens with a people that are filled with the knowledge of who Jesus is and that are releasing it through ruah, through a shout. That are releasing it like Hannah. It's uncontainable, but it's quiet, but it's still uncontainable. I, I, I have to release something. Is there a sound that you have to release or are you shut up? Is there nothing coming? Is there nothing going? Why, why is there that? What is it there? Can I tell you that it might be praise that breaks through that condition? Cannot be contained. The, the final point. How are we going for time? What's the time? The final point, and this one, there was layers to it for me. But a simple way of saying this is we break through to grow closer with God. We break through to grow closer with God. This last night, as I was still trying to form this last point, and I had the content, but I was just framing it up. I, I found um, my, a very good friend of mine in the States. His sister's just passed away. Very untimely death. She had a lot of different struggles with alcohol and, and drugs and she was beautiful, and I remember he was in my lifeguard group. What do we call that? Like home group. He was one of my home group when I was, I had a group of university-age kids, and, and I remember praying with him for his sister, and this was 10 years ago, and so the, the struggles have been going on for quite a long time, and, and there came a point in the service where his, and I do, my friend has a lot of younger brothers, his youngest brother Rafa came up, and, um, and he said, hey, um, I'm one of Elaine's sisters, he wasn't. He was his brother that got a good laugh from the crowd and kind of helped dispel some of the tension that was there. And he said, the last time I saw my sister, I played the song for her that I've learned, and she was in tears at the time. It was three weeks before she died. And then he began to, he began to sing Reckless Love. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God that chases me down, that fights for me. I love, I've got some of the words here. I just didn't want to miss some of them. That, there's, there's, that there is literally no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. There's no lie you won't tear down coming after me. And as, as he began to play, I was so overcome with emotion. I mean, I really, this is my guy. This, if you knew Nigel, you'd, you'd be overcome with emotion too. He's such a sweet guy. He's a good drummer too. But he's just started, I started just, I started weeping. And this is why I started weeping. I started weeping because I was overcome with emotion at the love of a brother for his sister. I was overcome with emotion at how much God loved Rafa, how much he loved Elaine, how much he loved me, how much he loved Angie, how much he loved my, my children. And I was sitting in the boys' room. I'd already put them to sleep, and I was working on my sermon, and they're sleeping, and I'm like, <laughs> like trying to hold it in and not wake them up as I'm crying. But there is a never-ending, overwhelming, I love that word, overwhelming, love of God that does chase me down, that fights till I'm found. We break through to grow closer to God. We just jump back to the story of Joshua, verse 17. And the city and all that is within it, this is God speaking, shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. That is set apart. That's what devoted is there. As an offering to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. 
But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. Do you remember the condition that we looked at Jericho when it was at the very start? What does verse 1 say? That it was, it was shut up. Nothing was coming in and nothing was coming out. I want you to look at this. You know, in verse 17, when it says that they devoted the things to destruction. Do you know what the word devoted means? If you go, it, 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 it originally means shut up. It originally means a net. So it was something that, this, this is the principle that God was saying is, you can end up back at the same place that you started if we're not careful. And this is something that was just so impressed upon my heart. Do you find it interesting that none of the spoils of their victory, of their breakthrough, were for them? This is a powerful principle. They were to devote, they were to take everything that they had got through breakthrough and what? Give it back to the Lord. If we don't give what we get when we break through back to him, we will end up back at verse 1 where we're shut up, where nothing is coming in, nothing is going out because we held on to what we were not supposed to hold on to. What happens? Do we know the story that some bright child, some bright man took some things that were supposed to be set apart for destruction? Do we remember this? He took some things and what happened? The very next battle, it should have been, an, it should have been easy. They get decimated. They get wiped out. They have no chance. And it says, there's, I love what scripture says. It says, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Do you know that God wants you to break through and stay free? You can have momentary breakthrough and go right back to bondage. Or you can break through and in the breakthrough, allow God to take that which is not of him in us and let him separate it from us. Do you know when we praise, I mean, I, I know when we think like an offering is such a sweet thing, but how many of you know that when we're looking at scripture, an offering is where something has to die? We lose sight of the fact that an offering, something has to die. And we often think we want to hold on to those special little things. How many of you know that when I'm praying, when I was praising, and I was trying to, to, to declare the praises of God after my grandfather had died, I wasn't getting him back. Something had to die in me, and I had to offer it back to the Lord. And, but what do we get in its stead? We get him. Because a lifestyle of breakthrough praise is focused on God and not his blessings. Everything else becomes secondary to God. Our breakthrough praise should not lead us to consume, but to offer, to give more freely. When we try and hold on to the things that the Lord brought us in breakthrough, we're holding on to something God didn't intend. We're supposed to give it all back to him in worship. 
What he is after is you. He will bring you through the fire. He will bring you through the valleys. He will bring you through success. He will bring you through joy and through sorrow. But he's after you. He's after your heart. I was just so impressed upon the fact that many of us may have tried to hold on to something and breakthrough or we got comfortable with a level of breakthrough and we're confused why we haven't moved further forward. And I believe the word of the Lord would be saying, you've tried to hold on to something that was meant for that season and you're holding on to the wrong thing because he has new breakthrough for you. You can't get that breakthrough unless you're willing to let it go, unless you're willing to release it. We have to release the seasons that we've come through. Release them. Devote it to God. Let him destroy what he needs to destroy in your life. And don't hold on to it for your own personal gain or for your own personal comfort, your own personal safety. We have to trust in who he is. Let not your heart be so after breakthrough, breakthrough that you miss the whole point. We are designed for deep, deep relationship with the Father and with one another. I was so impacted when I looked at how the actions of one man messed it up for everyone. What does that mean? It means that when we're holding on to something we shouldn't be, when we're unwilling to go somewhere where we should be going, it's not just affecting me. It's affecting the people around me. Breakthrough praise is not just for you. You're not, we, can't, we have to move away from being archer and we kind of we come into church and we're just like, yep, we'll sing a couple songs. We get to come into church. We get to praise. We've been given a tool to break through as we declare who he is. This has nothing to do with you and everything to do with you. We have to get out of the way and declare who he is. Break out of your conservative Western mentality and start shouting and start contending and start declaring and start prophetically moving for your family, moving for your spouse, moving to see God move in this place. You have to push through. Praise has nothing to do with you. We often think that we're like Archer, carrying that backpack and we're doing our praise for the morning because that's what good Christians do. When God is saying you're missing an opportunity to declare war, to declare triumph, that is what praise is. There is power in praise. And the more you praise, the more he speaks back who you are and the more triumphantly and uncontainable you will release that praise back to him. Breakthrough, praise is powerful because our God is powerful. And we praise because we need to put him first. When we don't praise, we're putting ourselves first. We have to get out of the way and say, God, I will shout to you. I will be uncontainable in my joy and my enthusiasm. In the midst of loss, in the midst of sorrow, you are still good. You give and you take away. And he will minister back to you this amazing deep love of himself, of relationship with the Father. And you'll be so better equipped to love those next to you on both sides and in front and all around. We need him. And we can't come into church saying we have it all together because we need him. Every single one of us desperately needs him to see him move. There is power in praise. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you so much. Jesus, we will lift up a shout of praise to you, Father God. There is no one like you. There is never going to be anyone else like you. You are the great I am. You are my Father. You lovingly care for me, Jesus. You are my Savior. You've rescued me, Father God. You've rescued me from all of my sin, Jesus. You are my healer. 
You are my provision. You are the great I am. You are always with me, Jesus. You are everlasting. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, I declare that by your stripes I'm healed. Father, when you died on the cross, you purchased salvation for me, Jesus. Lord, there is no one that I will be afraid of to declare your praises, Jesus. Even myself, even my own sense of self-dignity, I will become more undignified than this. And I will dance and I will shout with all my might before you, the King of Kings. Lord, we love you so much. Father, will you bring breakthrough in your people? Lord, where things have been shut up, where nothing's coming in and nothing's going out, Lord, will you break through? Will you break through, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus? Father, will you break through in the conservative mindset, Jesus? Lord, will you break through in the fear of man, that there's no man that should hold us back from breakthrough in you, Jesus? Lord, we love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.